And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portson with you. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, we've got a lot to talk about. You one, do. one would think it would be the debut of Patrick Liney. That's a lot to talk about in and of itself. The fact that the young man is here, the young man is now officially part of the team and playing. Made his debut last night against the Dallas Stars. Rough game for the Blue Jackets, six to three. Um, we've done a lot on line A. We'll do a lot on line A. In fact, we'll get to him a little bit later in this in this uh, program. But I think last night uh, was was a culmination of a lot of the things that have that have ailed the Blue Jackets so far. And so we want to focus on uh, one topic this podcast, which is not something we're really used to talking about. We're used to talking about Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, but we're not used to talking about them um, in terms of their struggles. And they are struggling. It is the engine of the Blue Jackets. Right now, the engine is not running very well. Uh, I don't want to put all of this on them, but I think that that's a lot of what is is going on right now. Um, John Tortorella with a bit of a surprise last night, had Michael Delzato skating on the top pair with Seth Jones. He had Wierenski with David Savard and Gavrikov on the third pair with Dean Kukan. Um, now they're all back to normal again today at practice. So they're back to the old Wierenski, Jones, Gavrikov, Savard setup, but they really desperately need that to get going. And the talk today it's not that those guys don't don't care and they're not going as hard as they can go. It's a confidence thing. They've been through it. Everybody goes through it. It just they got to dig out of this uh, and they got to do it quickly because so much of the success of this team depends upon uh, those two guys. We we could say the top two pairs and that's fair. Uh, but it's really a Jones-Wierenski thing that has to get fixed. Yeah, I mean we can go back and Torts mentioned this again today to. You know, Zach Wierenski's first full season with the Blue Jackets. And that was when John Tortorella started to change the way that he wanted his team to play. That was also Seth Jones' first full season. He had been traded the year before. And you had other young defensemen at the time like Ryan Murray, Marcus Nudavara. 
And Torts called the defense the engine of his team. Yep. Everything flowed from there. And then he went so far as to redefine the position, specifically for Zach Wierenski, and a little bit, in my opinion, for Seth Jones, too, mm-hmm. and called them rovers. So when you have what you have really built your team around malfunctioning, for lack of a better word, that's going to have ramifications in, in so many places far and above the direct impact of the players themselves. Yeah. And we've talked at length about this team's group of forwards. Now, much of this conversation was before the line a acquisition. He is most certainly a, a sublimely talented young player. But this is a fairly pedestrian group of, of forwards in terms of being singular difference makers. Um, the Blue Jackets don't have those guys outside of line A. This is a team that relies on a five-man unit for scoring chances to create. Um, again, I think a lot of those forwards benefit from Wierenski's shot, from Jones's ability to transition, both of their abilities to transition. How much do we, because this team's not scoring. They're, you know, they were 27th in the league last year and they're scoring less this year. Uh, how much, how much of the offensive struggles do we put uh, again on the, on the blue line? I don't want to blame everything on them, but these forwards got used to having sort of a, a push from the blue line and the push isn't there right now. Yeah, I mean, I th- and you've touched on a few things here that I think have to be torn apart and, and dissected a little differently. And some of that's going to take more time just because of what we have readily available to us and what we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is obviously the, the direct offensive impact, um, the scoring, <laughs> the shooting. And if you look at Zach Wierenski, he's shooting the puck almost two shots less per 60 minutes of play. And Seth Jones is down as well. And then if you look at the shot quality that they're generating, Seth is almost halved. Um, Zach is a little bit lower, but but Seth is, is particularly concerning there. Um, so there's there's that direct offensive impact. Then there's, as you mentioned, that that stuff that we have to measure with our eyes by manually counting, and that's transitional play mm-hmm. um, and moving the puck, getting so that those forwards can stay active on the forecheck, stay high, and they have someone who's going to effectively get them the puck so they don't have to skate all the way back. So you have that. And then you have the third part, which is the defensive play, the, right. the prevention play, the, the stuff that, quote unquote, is what they're supposed to be responsible for first. And that has faltered as well. You know, if I look at, at Seth Jones, the quality against that he's allowing is almost an entire expected goal against per 60 minutes of play. Um, that's massive in that measure. This is a measure that comes down to tenths and hundreds yeah. of, of, of points. So, um, and, and I'm not hanging this all on Seth. Sure. I mean, that's obviously players with him as well. But um, there's a again, there's just so many ripples that impact um, the skaters in front of of the. It just goes to show when you have special players and special players aren't firing, yeah. the ripples that that causes. Yeah, and it's it's the result of this is excuse my french here they're goddamn boring as hell oh yeah <laughs> i mean i've seen the charts with the, the 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 genie in the bottle you love that one well the genie in the bottle the one that that's just a perfect uh cross uh, so divided oh, yeah, into yeah. the quadrants is the word i'm looking for yes good job and thank you and one of them is boring dull dull okay i prefer yeah 
That's a, it's a synonym. <laughs> and, I, and I don't even know where the Blue Jackets fit on that chart right now. I can just imagine they're off the page on the doll. Like you have to scroll and drag over to, to find them because they're off the charts that way right now. Um, it, am I making, is that, are they? Well, I'm pulling it up here. Yes. Let's look. Yes. Um, we, I was not prepared for this. Yes, I'm proud sorry. of you for, for referencing Thank the charts. You. That's Thank you. good. Thank you. This is progress. So right now when it comes to, so there's a couple of ways we look at this, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to shot quality, um, which we like to look at more so than just shot volume, because I could fire a hundred pucks from the blue line and they'd be worth nothing, right? I mean, this is common sense. So shot quality, um, the blue jackets are teetering right between the dull and bad quadrants. Keep that chart is accurate. That is an accurate chart. When I look at pace, so how frequently are they shooting versus how much quality are they getting on a regular basis? Um, They come into the quantity over quality uh, perspective. And let's see what else we've got here. Let's see what this one is. I'm tabbing through to, to find some. When we look at if they're beating expectations in terms of how much they actually win um, versus how much <clears throat> they're expected to win based on how they're playing, well, we're teetering between bad and lucky. And those are not two good places to be either. No, no. Wow. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, John Tortorella today was saying, and we're hoping to speak to Bradshaw later today. He's always illuminating on these things that it's, it's confidence and the best players in the world sometimes lose confidence, which we, I think there's so many things we, we perceive incorrectly about athletes and big time athletes. Like I've always said, we don't see the work. Yarman, Yarman went off on this. We and I've I've said it too. Like we, people don't see the work that is behind the exceptional athlete. Um, the other thing is we don't recognize. Maybe it's because we don't want to understand how how fragile confidence is for almost everybody. And Wierenski basically said, "I don't have a lot of confidence right now." And the only thing that that you that they can do to get out of this is just keep freaking playing and keep doing what you've always done. Make sure you're not deviating from what you used to do. You're not responding to your struggles by trying to do something else, but just keep doing what you're doing. And I liked 
I, I had no problem with Tortorella breaking up the pairs last night, but I also like that he went back to him today. Um, and I wonder what your, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it seems to be, I have no problem with him doing it. Let me be clear on that. And, and before I go further, I must, I must pause and step back for a second and cite uh, the site chartinghockey.ca gotcha. run by Sean Tierney. That was the source for all of those charts. I want to make sure to give credit there. Um, I don't, I'm not offended or bothered by the decision by John Tortorella. I, it makes sense to me, but, but it all feels slightly rudderless. Don't you think? I mean, we've got lines. We know about the lines, but we've got now players in different positions. Yeah. We've got, now we're switching up defensive pairs. Um, it, I mean, don't you, I mean, doesn't it feel a little bit that way to you? It, it does. And, and I, I, I think they're just looking for traction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Somewhere traction. So yesterday at this time, uh, Max Domi was on the wing. <laughs> uh, we're talking forwards now, but he was on the wing because playing center and trying to learn the new system w- was just too much for him. And they wanted him to just relax and play. At the same time, Texier was centering line A. And Texier was one of the bright spots of the early part of the season. Uh, even though he's been switched to center and he's going to center line A. Well, then today, a day later, Domi is in the middle on line A's wing and Kukan's on the, or sorry, Kukan, where, where was wrong with me? <laughs> this is how, this uh, how crazy ooh, it is. This is how disjointed it is. Yes. Uh, Texier is on right wing on that line now. Obviously. Well, as one does. And yeah. Felino, who'd been moved, um, I think a little surprisingly to the middle is now back on the wing. Riley Nash should be back in the lineup tomorrow. Um, yeah, they're, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just Jones and Warinsky that have lost confidence. And I don't think it's, it's just them. I don't think it's just the players that are looking for answers. They're trying to find some sort of, of traction. Um, but I, so much of the identity of this team has been the elite play of that number one pair. And really, we're letting Gavrikov and Savard off easy here, too. Right. They've right. not been good. They've not been good either. Um, right. It's just, it's a team that's, that's they're 4-4-3. Four, four, and three. I don't think. I feel like it. I don't think that record really, I think that record actually flatters them quite a bit. I agree. I agree. And like, and, and, and I want to be clear here. I'm not putting all of this on, on the, at the feet of the coaching staff either. I think this is, you know, mul- there are multitudes to be dissected here, but yeah. you know, one thing I, I picked it towards on before the season started is we know he's a big language guy. Yes. I'm a big language person. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, you know, he said he wanted to find the words for how he wanted this team to play. Yeah. And, and he, he, he was still working on finding them. Now, again, I don't want to shortchange that. That's a hard ask to find keywords that resonate that encapsulate everything you want in a in a team concept. I think that's harder than people may realize if you haven't gone through that exercise. But you know, I, I think maybe that's a, that that kind of symbolizes what this what team is going through. He didn't have the words yet. Mm-hmm. He had ideas, he had direction. Um and that now today he's back to the identity that formed what now a couple of years ago yeah. of just be hard to play against. Yep. And it's almost like they they tried to find this new identity. I think the coaches wanted the new identity to be appealing to the players, but they almost fell off their foundation. 
And, and so now it's like, it, it's, it's not the same, but it's similar to when he had to take down the safe as death sign. It's that, nope, nope, back to basics because we, we've lost our way a little bit yeah. here. And I wonder, it, I'm, you know, I don't want to second guess the future Hall of Fame coach. I don't think that's, right. that's, um, it's rarely a wise thing. But I, I wonder if the whole psychological approach, the whole talk this year about we're just going to be free to make offensive plays and mm-hmm. take more chances, right? I wonder if that messes, if that messed guys up on more than, on more than one uh, level. In other words, like, I, we're supposed to be different now. Okay, how does different right. look? I, I can't play like I've always played. We're different now. So what do I do now that's different? Where are the chances that I'm going to take? Was that the chance? That chance I just took that led to a two-on-one. That's not what they have in mind, is it? And if you remember the right. first few games of the season, it was a freaking interstate. Uh, the neutral the neutral zone <laughs> and the Blue Jackets uh, defensive zone was a freaking interstate highway uh, for the opponents. They All those two-on-ones where, wait a minute, I thought I was jumping up in the play. I thought we were going to be more aggressive offensively and then i think there's been a real backpedaling from that and almost oh my god but the other thing it does and this we've talked about the whole restrictor plate versus uh limitations of the engine it it gets but now you've you've taken away the excuse for guys not scoring offensively right now there's no excuse for not scoring offensively guys you're free to play just play and if you're not producing now you can't say Oh God, this, this system is just really restrictive and right. it limits chances because we're a smart, disciplined, defensive team. I, I get the sense, like you said, that they're trying to sort of put it back in the bottle again and say, okay, forget all that. Forget all that. We just are what we are and go forth now with this. They got another thing here, Allison, that, that I think I want to give it a few games and see, I know line a is six foot four. But I don't think he's he's not, and I want to watch him play a few more games. I don't think he's a power forward banger type. I think he's more of a he's a big dude and he throws his body around. I'm not saying he's a, a perimeter guy, but I'm not sure if, if I know him as a as a power forward yet or a physically impactful type player. But I think a team that takes Josh Anderson and Pierre Luc Dubois out of its lineup is damn sure going to recognize a difference. Oh yeah, for sure. And there was a um there was a sequence and I should have written it down in my notes last night. Cause I was trying to watch how Dallas chose to defend because all we had heard about was that, you know, line a line a is going to distract line a is going to command attention from the opponent, but Dallas, it was almost like when you hear the discussion of, of play anti Ovechkin, yeah. um, Dallas was swarming the puck carrier. They were letting line a hang out all day long mm-hmm. because they were going to swarm the puck carrier and say, if you can't get it to them, then who cares where Patrick line is. Right. Um, and and to that point, it's it's not being intimidated by the puck carrier. Now that now I think your point is a little bit more direct, um, but it was kind of symbolic of what you're saying here. And I, I agree. I think that you don't, you know. And then you look at someone like Nick Foligno, who to me is is historically known for and proud of having some sandpaper to his game. He was asked to play in the middle last night, yep. so you don't see that. Um, Boone Jenner is, is on the wing, so maybe not as fully up and down the sheet as maybe people have been accustomed to. Yeah, it, it, it's, and, you know, to your point, too, about, you know, oh, crap, now how do I play? 
we've all been in those situations. Like if only they'd let me do this, I'd show them. Yes. And then when you don't show them, and this might be the, and again, I've not sat and had a deep conversation with any of the players or coaches about this, but you know, with Zach's comments earlier today, this might be part of it. You, you believe in yourself and you'll be able to get back to, okay, now I'm really going to show them. Yeah. But when you've been convinced you can show them and then the chance comes to show them and you don't show them yeah. now you're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that can cause a little, did I really think I could show them? Can I show them? Yeah. Like, oh my God, what's wrong? It, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I go back, this is one of my, one of my, it's such a creepy, sad story, but it's an amazing story. Um, and I think the analogy works here too, for some of these guys, the Zanesville animal escape from how long ago was that? Five years. Time is a flat. Cycle. And this kind of creeps me out a little bit, but the, if, if you're, if you're listening to this and going as you may often be doing, what the hell is Porty talking about? <laughs> there was a, a farm in Zanesville, Ohio, east of Columbus, where a guy collected and kept all these exotic animals, bears, lions, um, monkeys, all kinds of stuff. And he, um, I'm not going to diagnose, but he opened up all of the cages one day and committed suicide. And neighbors slowly started, this is a hockey podcast, I remind you, neighbors started <laughs> recognizing, my God, there's a lion in the backyard. Why, why don't people want to live in Ohio? Why, I don't understand. Why is there a bear <laughs> over there? Oh my God, the animals got out. But when they, and here I'm getting back to the, how this relates to the blue jackets. When they got to the scene, there were some animals with the doors swung open on their cages that hadn't left their cages. All they knew was the cage, right? And I think there's this, I think there's this sense with some people, boy, you take the cage off me. I'm going to go over there and do this and this and this. The cage opens up and, and it still doesn't change all you've known is the cage. Some of these players, I, I think you can take the restrictor plate off them and they're still just, they're who they are, which is not, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not NHL players. They all are, but they're not, I don't think there's another level offensively for some of these guys to just suddenly uh, be set free and explode and be these offensive, uh, offensively impactful players anymore. That's why I think line is so important. Yeah. And for me too, I think another angle that's interesting to all of this is, is managing change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you and I had talked about this a little bit. I, I was looking at the, at the ice last night as the players are on ice. I'm like, well, what's going on? This is still pretty much the same team. And then I was like, but it's actually not right. the same team, just personnel wise. Yep. And then you, then you look at saying they were going to change some systems and, and listen, just like torts and the players will say, we're not the only team facing these kinds of hurdles. You know, then there's the shortened camp, there's a weird season, et cetera, so forth. There's the weird constraints of, of living safely to protect your teammates and yourself when you're playing a, a professional sport right now in these times. But they're dealing with a lot of change and managing change is hard. Um, and when you really think about it that way too, I just, it's just something I kind of ponder over in my head as well on top of all of this. Yeah. They just, they just don't seem right. And yeah. they're 20% of the way into the season already. Like that's I the know, other scary crazy. thing is they're right there in the middle of it. Like they're, you know, they're hanging around. They're not, they haven't done any great damage to themselves, but I think we're starting to see Dallas is for real. I think that Dallas is one of those teams coming into the season. I was like, eh, cup finalists, but I don't know what that team 
I don't, but now you go, oh yeah, that's a really good hockey team. Uh, the Lightning are obviously really good. Um, I think this Central starting to take shape a little bit. How's Carolina, Aaron? What do you think of Carolina? Uh, you know, <laughs> they're com- uh. they're coming in this weekend. Can't wait. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. This, so the the Central might be a little more stout than we thought. Maybe not. Just just some teams at the top that are maybe better than that used to have question marks and don't anymore. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, Line made his debut last night. There were, I thought he was one of their best forwards. Yep. I thought there were three or four moments where you went, Whoa, wow, that's different. Haven't seen that for a while. Um, wasn't there for him though. Even he said at the hands, the head, the feet, it's struggle. I mean, he'd, he'd gone more than two weeks without a, a real practice. He's not really going to have a real practice for a while. Um, they, right. they may, they got a couple of days off in a row here, not days off, but days without games. So they may actually have a good 45 minute hour long, hard practice. Um, there's a great reluctance to skate them hard and spend too much time on the ice between games now, because the games just keep coming. Um, your thoughts on line a last night. I kind of liked his game, um, for a guy that hasn't played in a long time and thinks he can do a ton better. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think particularly when you think about all those constraints you mentioned, um, for better or worse, Line had the most shot attempts of any Blue Jackets skater on the ice. Um, and I was I was rewarding to me to see the passing hmm. that Yarmo Kekalainen kept commenting on. Yeah. Um, and when you talk about all of the constraints that you just mentioned, and then to, to have the presence of mind when you really think about how fast all of these players have to think, but to have the presence of mind to make some of those passes, I think of the setup to Cam Atkinson. I think of that beautiful pass in the low slot to Seth Jones. I mean, just not only to see the pass, but particularly in a team that could not complete a pass to save their life last night, to complete some of those passes to players he has hardly skated with at all. Um, that was rewarding to me. And I watched him pretty closely. I mean, again, this is not going to be a 200 foot player. He's not asked to be, but, but I, I found him responsible um, in both ends of the ice. I didn't dislike anything. I saw, I I saw some very encouraging signs and I almost felt bad for him after the game. I was like, you're okay. Like stop being so hard on yourself. It's okay. okay." Right. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I was left with two observations. As you mentioned, this is just one game. He played over 20 minutes. Um, so we got a good look at it, but it, it's one game, but I, I came away like they're the one thing that, uh, Andrew Castles, the former blue jacket, who was a, just a wonderful passer and really had some incredible seasons early in his career, especially with Hartford used to talk about seeing the mouse hole before the mm. mouse hole is there. Mm. And that's what it's like when, when, when. Line A passed the puck to Jones last night. Oh, gosh. When it left the stick, like, what in the, oh, there it was. Yep. Like, 
he's the puck is leaving his stick before the before the the passing lane is there. Yep. He's yep. passing into the lane. It's sort of like they talk about NFL quarterbacks having to throw into the window before the window is open. You can't yep. wait for it to be open and then throw. It's too late. Um, yep. And Castles had that hand-eye coordination, Espen Knudsen did, where you could, where the pass is made before the mouse hold is evident to the world. And that is, that's an incredible thing to watch. Seth Jones, does credit, got to the puck, put the puck on net. I don't think he, there was any expectation at that point on the ice that the puck was coming to him from line A, not directly. Um, right. That's a hell of a pass. The other observation I had was I'm not that worried about a centerman now uh, be based upon the playmaking skills. Let me see if I can articulate this. I'm not worried about the centerman being a great playmaker to get the puck to line A. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger concern, and it's still a concern, is just finding two forwards on this team that can think the game at his pace, at his level. Yep. Yep. Because I don't know that he needs a great passer because he creates so much of he creates so much himself. Right. Uh it's I just wonder if if like can you keep up, man? Like I, they got to find two guys that can just keep up and Domi at center, I think has been sort of the logical mm-hmm. pick from the start. Certainly the most experienced center that they have. It's a very uh, inexperienced group at the top. And I like, I like Texier on the wing a lot. Uh, I like that on, on the wing a lot because I, I think he does having a playmaker on the wing is important, but I think, Texier's got the processor that not many other Blue Jackets forwards have where he can understand line A's thought process in real time where I'm not sure I'm not sure <clears throat> there are other guys on the team that can anticipate and, and process that quickly. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I do. And the other reason I like, and, and, you know, as much as the, and I, as rough as as the game against Dallas was, it, at some point I felt like the coaches almost said, "Okay, let's just keep experimenting." Yeah. Now, now there's just let's just figure out what makes sense here and what doesn't make sense. I would have loved, and I'm looking forward to seeing Domi and Line A together because, as you said, that's yeah. the combination I had wanted to see. Um, with Texier, the other thing that I think this people are still sleeping on this side of the player. And at some point he's going to get an opportunity to, to get noticed for this, but he's got that sandpaper side to his game too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when you talk about a line with Domi and line a um, that's, that's to me right now in this moment, an important part of a successful line with those two other players. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Lines are such an, are a, such a strange um chemical mix that either works or doesn't work. It's so like Rick Nash, the most effective center that Rick Nash ever played with in Columbus. And they kept, they went through a ton of them was Mm -hmm. Manny Malhotra, Mm -hmm. which nothing against Manny Malhotra. He was the third line. Great, really good skater, incredible face-off guy, incredible face-off guy, one of the best, but a defensive centerman 
but this his stability at center ice was really what made Nash the best mm-hmm. um, more than Castle's playmaking and some of the other guys that they wheeled through here. It didn't ever work quite as well as it did with Malhotra. And you can fight that or you can just say, eh, that's what it is. Uh, last night, the Blue Jackets tried Roslovic with line A. I actually liked that a little bit. Some of that was yep. was interesting to see. Texier started there, line A replaced. Uh, Koivu took a couple of shifts. I think it was in the early third. Um, but, you know, it, that mm-hmm. that is position I would suspect is going to be in flux for a while um, down, down the middle of this team. I, I like Felino better on the wing. I like Jenner better yeah. on the wing. I think yeah. I think they they have to they have to expose Texier if they're going to play him at center. Just put him out there and play him, uh, Roslovic. But I think this team. I like Texier on the wing, and I like Domi, Roslovic, Nash, Koivu in some order down the middle. I think that that just structurally seems to make more sense. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. Uh, Blue Jackets with a roster move today, Liam Foodie to the taxi squad. And to make room for him in the taxi squad, Nathan Kirby sent to AHL Cleveland. And Kevin Stenland activated from IR after missing four games with an upper body injury. Kevin Stenland, Allison, I don't know who you take out for him. But he's an interesting player every time he goes in. He is, but I don't know that he does go right back in. I don't right? either. I don't either. Yeah, I, I, that's not that's not. If, if I'm in the coach's office with with full respect to to the player, that that's not a priority for me at this very moment. Yeah, well, they've um, got to try something. I'm with you. You mentioned earlier Andrew Peak. The tricky thing with that is the the spot he'd go in. I don't think you're going to sit Gavrikov, Savard, Jones, Wierenski. Right. And you don't want it. The third pair has been their best pair. Yep. Strangely. Um, yeah. So Blue Jackets have a lot of stuff to figure out. I, again, they're right there. They're not like a lost cause. They're right there. But the season is going to get uh, old quickly. Allison, anything else we need to get to? Uh, just a, a few quick things for people who have not um, seen this news. Um, it's a little bit sad that it's happening here on today on National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, but the NWHL has had to terminate yeah, their Isabel that. Cup tournament um, due to COVID concerns. And, and while that's sad, I think that we should be buoyed by the tremendous um, support that watching the games and supporting the league got. Um, and at the same time, remembering that this is a lesson that we need to have care and safety. We're, we're playing in dangerous times, um, all sports, and um, there are some lessons here, but there's also some great news for the growth of the game. And I think that's exciting. And, and also a shout out to the Ohio state women who have some really exciting freshmen coming up, earning monthly WCHA awards, rookie of the month and defend uh, defensive player of the month. Um, and then Emma Malte, who's probably one of the most special players to come through the program um, was named forward of the week. She has scored a hundred career assists oh. at Ohio state. Um, so shout out to those women, um, both in the NWHL and also at Ohio state, um, continuing to make strides for themselves, for the sport and for women in sport in general. Awesome. 
Awesome. And I'd like to mention a Tom Morrell, who's been a yes. huge, huge Blue Jackets fan. Uh, Tom, uh, not doing well. Uh, and certainly could use your uh, your thoughts, your prayers if you're the praying type. Uh, he is a huge Blue Jackets fan. We wish him nothing but the best and thank him for his great uh, support and great conversations uh, through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison, we'll chat next week. Uh, hopefully it'll be a, a more triumphant podcast. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's manifest it into place. That's my yes. new word, manifest. Nice, yeah. nice. I was trying to figure out a way to use the word desultory. Ooh. Uh, I, next week. I think that, right well, that describes their play as of right now, but, but perhaps it won't be a, applicable next week. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks to Danielle, our producer, for the, for the great work. Thanks to David Cook for the songs at the start and everything. And we will talk to you all in a week. Take care. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.